Welcome to the Success Agent Podcast, hosted by J.P. Flewellen. Your expert guide on best practices, tips, and hacks to grow and thrive in the real estate market. Join us as we interview top performing agents and share the secrets of their success. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's JP Flewellen with another episode of the Success Agent Podcast where we interview top real estate team leaders, thought leaders, brokers all over the country. And today we have got Spike. Uh, or Eric, if you will. And, uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about himself, where he's from, what kind of business he's running, what kind of numbers he did last year. And, and then we're going to dive into some financial uh, nuggets of information on how you can either streamline your costs or not spend money on things that are too expensive and uh, just making sure that you're spending your money in the right areas of your business. So go ahead and tell us a little about yourself, and uh, here we go. Yeah, so my name's Spike. Well, all my friends call me Spike. Um, we, family members call me Eric. Um, so we, uh, we've been in business about nine years. I say we, my wife and I, and my daughter are in business together. Um, we do about $30 million a year in sales. Um, we, I always talk about when I talk about money, I always talk about net. Sometimes in real estate, I think the perception of making money is more important than actually making money. Um, so we average about $600,000 a year at 1099. That's what's most important. So, um, I don't know if that's personal information, but we really, you know, we need to have open conversations as entrepreneurs in this country about the impossible. Um, we run a small team, my wife and I, we have, uh, two assistant agents, Jacob and my daughter, Brooke. And we just recently brought on two part-time agents, but for the last year, we've been with the four or five of us. So. Nice. And um, and so, how many units does that equate to? We will sell between 55 and 70 units a year. So our average sale is about $400,000 a year. We're in Frederick County, Maryland, which is a suburb of D.C., and our average sale in our marketplace is about three fifty. We typically do about 400 We sell them more higher end than most people. Oh, nice. A little bit more yield for, for less work. <laughs> yeah. I always, you know, I always talk to people that work in marketplace with the average sales of $150,000. And I always think, wow, that's tough. Then I talk to my friends out in California, the average sales like a million dollars. I'm like, wow, that's great. So yeah. you got to work with what marketplace you have. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, you, you get to pay for where you live too. So you get to, you know. That's right. So, so um, so break that down for us a little bit. So how did you determine um, going from, you know, a single agent to then going to a team and then bringing on part-time agents? Because I know that at least with a lot of teams out there right now, you know, they struggle with part-time agents because of the, you know, if you're doing any kind of lead gen or value add, like how are you able to manage part-time agents with that? Yeah, so they can be profitable for a team. So my background is franchise, and I come from the franchise industry. I spent about 25 years putting people in business, telling them how to be successful in their own business, and, and start troubleshooting their business. And one of the things that, and I used to travel a lot, so I decided I want to travel one day, and I got into real estate, and that's how we, how we got into the business. But we decided, I decided very early on that, you know, a lot of real estate agents just don't have business training at, at all. They 
They get great training on how to fill out forms, how to be legal, how not to discriminate, things like that. But very few brokerages have real life training on how to market your business, how to build your business, how to be profitable. Like I was in shock when I first got into real estate and I said to the broker I was talking to, like, give me the template of what I need to do so I can plug my numbers in. And like, we don't have a template. I'm like, what do you do? Like, you know, what's your value? Like, your value isn't just a cash by check. Like, you should have a whole plan for me. And they're like, well, you should go read this book. I'm like, well, no, like it was a miss. And then I, as I started the real estate agents, I realized that most real estate agents don't have a plan. You know, they just, you know, sell real estate. They talk about their gross commission income and how many units they sell. And, you know, some of them are losing money. Some make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Some are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And probably 78% of them are behind their federal income tax. It just really puzzled me. Um, so I, I read a book, um, you know, Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First. And it really, really talked to me. And that's kind of, how I, one of the reasons it spoke to me was I, I live my life that way, uh, my personal life. And it's really one of the best books out there. I love Mike. I've been to, you know, weekend retreat with him and things like that. It's, it's really, uh, he's an amazing person. Um, but with the team in particular, you know, a lot of people build a team and they don't really understand the economics behind the team. And they don't really have a plan. They don't really have a forecast of how they're going to make money. And you'd be amazed at how many real estate teams just don't make money. Um, and uh, I, Actually, forget your question, JP. But um, but we really um, so what we do with our money. I'll just kind of go into that real quick. Is we use a profit first type system. So we pay as a as a business owner in this country about forty five percent income tax, right? But we have a lot of write offs that we don't pay taxes on. So our blended tax bracket is about thirteen percent of what we earn, earn. We pay in taxes. So what we do is when income comes in, we immediately set aside 13% account for taxes. Now we also um, have other things that we want to put money into like our IRA. Our best write-off in my opinion is a SEP IRA. We put about 25% of our income in taxes. So what happens is we put 13% in the tax account. We put 25% in the IRA. We fund our HSA of $8,100 a year because we have a high deductible health insurance plan. And we have other accounts set up for other personal items. Like one of the things I want to buy right now is a Tesla Model Y. So we are setting up an account for that. We're going to put so many thousand dollars a month into that account. When it, and when that gets to the price we can pay for the Model Y, we'll buy it. Think about this. And I see this a lot in real estate. If you, if you like my tube of toothpaste on my counter right now, it's almost empty, right? And when I brushed my teeth last night, I think I spent about two minutes trying to get the toothpaste out of it to get enough on the toothbrush. Even though I got a new tube right below the counter, like you want to use that up, right? When you pull the new tube and you put the toothpaste on your on your toothbrush, you know, right away a, a glob may fall off because you got all that toothpaste, right? It's like no big deal. And that's what's like running your own business. If you have all your money in your account and you don't allocate it out of your account, you just feel like you have that full tube of toothpaste. And you try a CRM, you try this, you try that shiny nickel and it doesn't work. No big deal. I got more money in my account. So if you take the money right away and you start allocating it to profit, to taxes, to IRA, then you never have that feeling that you have a full tube of toothpaste. You always feel like you have that small tube of toothpaste. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I It's funny that you mentioned the, the book uh, uh, Profit First because I've been doing Profit First for my business for about five years now. And um so yeah, I've just been using, and it's funny, I, I haven't adjusted my percentages. I just use the stock percentages that he talks about in the book and it's worked wow. out perfect every month. Perfectly. The 45, 35, 10 and 15. 
I've been using that since the beginning. I probably should adjust it because I'm sure that, you know, I mean, I, I also have rental properties too. So I have tons and tons of write-offs. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you definitely, uh, but it does, it takes the brain power out of the process. So you just, you know, and then that way I don't have to spend so much time combing over every single detail. I just do it as a percentage and it just works out. Matter of fact, I just learned a method on how to do CMAs that way. I'll have, right. to, I'll have to show it to you. It's amazing how it works and you it blows your mind. It, ta- it makes basically takes a CMA and says, well, if you use the law of averages based off of a house in a particular neighborhood and you uh, take similar neighborhoods and you put it against that particular property and you average them out and there's also an appreciation scale that's already built into it. And when you do that math, it takes out, oh, well, this house is nicer than that one. Well, if you average it out, then that becomes a non-factor. So you know, it doesn't matter if it's got granite next to the one that has Formica. It doesn't matter if the one that has, uh, you know, hardwood floors versus tile. You know, it, it averages it all out, so it creates a and basically like the ultimate number, you know, a value for that particular property. And then there's a baseline value based on the last time it sold, and it calculates in all the appreciation, and then it creates the the ultimate number for what the house is actually worth. And then there's a high end, low end, mid range, and it creates a the ultimate value of the house. So it's cool because it it you can do it in 15 minutes, and it doesn't you don't have to comb over all the comps and do the three months and all the things, and you don't have to waste all that time. And I actually tested it yesterday. Uh, against a couple of agents on my team that were going to have a couple listings coming up and the numbers came out spot on and they got wow. the things and everything. And so it was pretty cool. So that's uh, definitely going to be a phone call. That could be a whole podcast by itself. Oh dude, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, I was like, wait, what? And then, and they use a, a number of, of 50, 50 different data points and it just calculates out the number and then boom, there's, there's the, you know, like if you could take a house and make it a prime number, like this is the, the you know, like the Optimus prime number for that house, then yeah. it, it creates that number. So it's interesting. If you're, if you're like, if you like numbers, man, you're going to be like, no, this can't work. No way. And I did it. And I ran it up against a couple houses that I had sold and it. It works spot on. I mean, it's, it's good. You know, real estate is a great business. And if you, so I've spent my whole life in franchising, right? So I've, you know, sold thousands of businesses. So, you know, why would I go into real estate? It's the most profitable business I've ever seen. Like it's, it's an amazing industry, which without, you know, incredible investment, you could build a great business. And when you're talking about a tool, like you're talking about, it's just that can make somebody's life so much easier. Maybe even save them having to hire an employee. Right. Um, right. You know, which is really the key, right? Because employees are expensive and they're tough to manage. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really different. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, that's the key to, to it all. And, and I've heard a lot of, you know, I talked to, um, well, I didn't, I, I went to that seminar that EXP had put on for, uh, teams and why big teams and brokerages are coming over. And it's because they can skim out all of that overhead. Correct. And this one guy was talking about how, you know, he, he hasn't been consistently profitable for 20 years. 
And he was saying, he's like, some years I'd make 150 and some years I'd lose 50. And some years I'd make 300 and some years I'd lose, you know, and it didn't matter what the market was doing. The market could be hot, but because of whatever his, you know, because he's got that, he's holding the whole business model in his hand, you know, that, you know, if one thing goes wrong for whatever reason, you know, he's got to brunt, bear the brunt of that cost. And so that was the reason why he's just like, you know, it just streamlined all the processes. He's getting rid of all of his brick and mortar. He's going for to go completely online and utilizing the tools that we've all been accustomed to now that we're kind of in this COVID environment right now where people are starting to learn and understand how to utilize virtuality in this whole process. And that's EXP has been amazing for us. Like I, I it's hard to explain. I mean, it's, it is plus every year, at least a hundred thousand dollars for us in net income. And I'm, this is not necessarily about EXP, but it's, the tools, the process, their the combination of their fees, the stock has been amazing. Like it's it's such a good thing for us that it's hard for me. I'm not a great attraction person for EXP because I just talk about the stock and the profit. And most realtors don't really understand what stock is and they don't really get into it, but it's it's absolutely amazing. So um, yeah, I always look at a team as if you took a chain link, you know, like a like a steel chain and you put it on the ground and you just kind of collapsed all the links, it would push forward theoretically, right? That's like running a team, but as soon as you get a skew a little bit, it just folds up. And that's and that's what a lot of large teams are. Unless you're really a superior business person, um, you'd be amazed. And I've sort of been behind the curve with a lot of large teams early on, and I was horrified by the lack of profit and the lack of income to the, to the team leader and how far they're behind their taxes because of it and behind their mortgage and things like that. Um, and, that and that's why we started with real estate. We're just like, what is it going to be to be profitable? Like, we have standards. We were not going to do anything. That's not profitable. We save about 50% of our income and we have for the last seven years. Um, and it's really liberating when you get that money saved. Like you can do anything you want now. Like we don't really need to sell real estate, but we love doing it. And we're, and we're great at it. We, we really enjoy it. But it is, um, it's all about profit. There's no reason to be in business and not be profitable. This is not a business that you can really build to sell down the road or you can really build that I'm investing back into my business because we're more profitable down the road. Like, if you're not making money, you need to figure out why you're not making money. Okay. Right. Maybe do it without making money. Well, and I think the ultimate goal is, and I think, you know, this will resonate with anybody that's listening, is that with when you're building a team, the ultimate goal is that you want to be able to exit the business and have your team run itself. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that we lose sight of that because I think as as team leaders, you know, we were the go-getters, the, the ones that, the, the thrill of the deal, if you will you get a closing, you get all excited and you're like, let's do another one, you know? And, and it, that's kind of a, you know, um, addicting if you will, you know? And I think that we need to start focusing on being addicting, addicted to the training and the coaching and the inspiring others to be as successful as we were and, and coming up with ways and structures to inspire our, our agents to, you know, start their own teams and start their own processes and, and learning and, and, and basically franchising yourself if you, you know, and, and creating a, you know, uh, a, something bigger, you know, I had this vision of creating Titan teams all over the nation, you know? And so I'm like, Hmm, I don't think anyone has really successfully done that, you know? And I think from an attraction standpoint, I think it's very attracting to be like, Hey, do you want to start a Titan team in your area? You know? And they're like, 
because I've had agents that have left my team and moved to other states and they're like, oh, I just love to get this going over here. You know, and so the, my thought is like, how do I put that together in order to continue to be, you know, and yet still stay profitable? Because that's the key to all of it is, you know, how do you build the structure, the splits, the all that stuff to where, you know, because my biggest thing when I started a team was I didn't like this idea that someone would tell me that, well, oh, you're going into real estate? Oh, well, you're not going to make any money for the first three to five years. And I was like, whoa, why am I doing this then? Because if that's the case, then what did I just, who, who lied to me before I got my license, you know? So I definitely have to uh, figure out what the, what I got to do to change that idea. And that was the whole purpose of a team was join my team, do a deal within the first 60 to 90 days. And then we'll just continue to add and, and continue the, the snowball process to build a business. I think so also like your job is to find somebody in your team that can replace you, right? Mm -hmm. So your job is to identify that person, train that person, prepare them for that opportunity. And their job is to do the same thing for them. Like they got to find somebody to train them and bring them up forward too. So um, we have that person on our team, but we, we've been working with him for probably five years now. And, and, you know, I could, I have two people on my team that I could leave the country just hand on my cell phone and go. And I did it in October. We went to Ireland and we just gave somebody our team our cell phone and hit the road. Um, and that's and that's really the goal, I think, is to be able to do stuff like that. Because then you can take time off and get away from the business. And you may decide you want to exit the business and get profit from it, or you want to maybe just step away a little bit and be involved in the periphery. It depends on your personality, right? I'm not a golfer, so I don't really know what I would do. In <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, I like... I, I'm excited about the hunt. You know, there are hunters and farmers in this world, but I'm definitely a hunter. So. Yeah. Hi, it's Dr. Sherry from Titan Elite Coaching. You're either killing it right now in real estate or you're still learning and trying to gain momentum. But either way, you are in the perfect position for high-performance coaching. So what is high-performance coaching, you ask? Well, it's an extremely powerful way of keeping you focused on the research-validated behaviors that actually lead to success. So you take your goals, your dreams, your values, and your vision, and you pair them with the powerful systems in the high-performance life. And that is the result of high-performance coaching. So right now, I'm asking you to do two things, and both are on our website. First, I want you to get my free ebook that I specifically created for you. It highlights the top nine mindset traps that are going to get in the way of your true greatness and success. Second, I want you to test drive this high performance coaching by investing in the $97 strategy session. It's an hour, but it's packed with self-discovery, insight, and action. It's less expensive than a night out on the town, but infinitely more important investment to your future. You deserve to give yourself this powerful opportunity now. Don't wait. Waiting is for the average, and I know, my friend, you are not average. To take advantage of this offer, go to www.titanelitecoaching and click schedule your strategy session today. So you gave somebody your cell phone, like your personal cell phone. Here's my personal cell phone. I'm leaving the country. Bye. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. I was, uh then I could just get a burner phone when I'm overseas and, you know, just have like a, just yeah. a generic phone just for, you know, emergency purposes only. And then that's it, you know. We had my wife's phone for that purpose. So, yeah. It was, there you uh, go. Because it's, um, 
you know, really until you can do that, like that is like the test. Are you are you a good manager? Are you a good trainer of people? Like if you can't do that. So Mike Michalowicz wrote another book called Clockworks. And and the concept, the concept is if your business is running like clockwork, then you can make $50 an hour while sitting on the beach versus $200 an hour while being in the office. And we, we had that concept in mind. Now, I will say COVID did throw a little wrench into the appointment on that whole thing because they're flying you in because we were building it. And when COVID hit, we honestly didn't know if we would have revenue, you know, in two months. Like we, like there was a point where you're like, are they going to shut the thing down for a month or two? And it'll be zero. Like we really, really looked at it. It was a good exercise for us too, because we immediately sat down on a two day period, went through every expense we've had in the last six months. What we cut, what we need, what we need increase. Like we put a whole plan together and we executed over two days. Um, and COVID turned out for us in our area of the country to be, from a real estate business standpoint, we we took off. Like it, it went great. It's going great. Um, but we expected almost zero revenue. Yeah, it actually was, um, it didn't affect us whatsoever. I think it probably made people even more motivated because they're like, you're not telling me that I got to stay home. We're going to buy a house, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you guys are, you know, you're in the country, right? You know, our area was a little more compliant, but our county normally has 12 homes for sale. And now we have less than 400. So there's like supply and demand. It's just made it great to be in the real estate as a listening so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, when I first got in the business, you know, I had one of my old brokers tell me, he's like, you got a list to last in this business. And I didn't believe him. I was like, I, whatever. I got buyers coming out of my ears. I haven't listed a house in three years. I don't know what you're talking about. But then when you get into situations like this, where if you don't have a product to sell, you, you know, and you've got too many buyers, you're stuck. Like you don't make money. You know, and I didn't believe that because I always felt like, you know, as long as I've got somebody that's pre-qualified, I could always just go out there and get them a house. Well, if you have, you know, it's like winning the lottery when you have too many buyers making offers on the same houses, like you're, you're going to put your buyers in situations that they probably don't want to be in in order to buy a house and, and, or you just continue to write offers and that's all you're spending all of your time writing offers and you're not making any money. And so that's kind of where I was like, oh yeah, okay, this whole listing thing does make sense now because you got to have a product to sell in order for people to buy it. You know, it's nice to have a blend too, right? It's nice to know to be working with some buyers and have a lot of listings. Like I find that to be my sweet spot. So, yeah, yeah, it's really weird right now. So think about it, right? Like you're advising a buyer to go list price or above list price, and you're really justified because they're getting such a good mortgage payment on, on the other end with a low interest rate. Like it's better to get it cheaper down the road when interest rates go up or is it better to buy it now at a little higher price with lower interest rate. And that's really an interesting conversation with somebody. Well, and it makes me wonder if, you know, assumptions will come back, you know, because, you know, because if, if you still have to continue to buy at a higher price, you know, then the interest rate when it was, you know, under 3% is much more appealing than even, you know, if the prices start to stabilize and you're buying a house at 6% interest, you know? And so it makes me wonder if the, there's going to be in that new market. Well, it's not new, but I don't think a lot of people have taken advantage of assumptions, you know? And yeah, so, correct. so yeah. I, well, it'll be interesting to see if, People like, well, I just need out and I just need my mortgage covered and $5,000 to move. <clears throat> okay, let's do this, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if, the, if that causes any of these kind of 
unregistered sales, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So, so one other thing I want to talk about was profit and loss statement. You know, yeah. I would I would say ninety five to ninety nine percent of real estate agents don't have a profit and loss statement. So, I had gotten into coaching a few years ago because really just telling people how to be successful in their business is my background, um, and I decided coaching wasn't for me completely. So we do coach some agents. We don't charge them, but we we do coach a few agents and. Um, it's amazing to me how people think they have a profit and loss statement because they have some sort of a little Excel spreadsheet or something like that. And they don't really know. Um, my story, and I'll just give it to you, is we had our first really big year of real estate where we were just closing deals and making money and had money in the account and bought a new car. And it was just like, like holy cow, making three times what I was making before my previous career. And we were flying through it and I estimated taxes and my broker wasn't automated and I didn't even know how much money I was making because they weren't on to me. Like I had to ask them, submit a form to tell me what my what my income was so far. And then at the end of the year, I thought I'd owe about thirty thousand dollars in taxes. And because I had some crazy spreadsheet and wasn't organized, I owed one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. I pushed myself to the last day of the extension, so my account was like, I need one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars today. And I was like, I had to like pick my stomach, like this will never ever happen again. You know, so I immediately got, um, you know, QuickBooks online, it went to strictly a business credit card and a business checking account. So they download automatic QuickBooks online. So my P&L is done. Uh, we have a payroll service. So my wife and I both take salaries for some withholding. And then I just go look at my profit and then on the bottom of the profit loss statement think, well, if I have $80,000 profit after payroll, then... You know, if I have fifty thousand dollars of write-offs, I really have thirty thousand dollars of profit. I just need to pity it because that was that at the end of the year, and that made a huge difference for us. Because it's really, um, you know, definitely if I give anybody advice, whether you're a team or not a team, you have a profit and loss statement. Twenty-five bucks a month at, at Quicken Online, QuickBooks Online, and it's it's the best twenty-five bucks we spend. Yeah, I got to the I got to the point where I I I, I hate numbers because I don't want to be accountable to them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's horrible. Nothing's no. not fun. Oh, it's and it's, fun. I mean, it's it's like it's like worse than having like uh, you know, like having to have surgery or something. Like uh, you know, it's to me, it's just like this reoccurring process where you're like, nah, did you need to look at your numbers? And I'm just like, oh, it stresses me out because I'm like, oh, that's the real picture. Or you know, somebody somebody says, if you know somebody's personality, you should know the personality of your business. The numbers will tell you whether you have an angry business or you have a sad business or you have a happy business, you know, it'll give you the characteristics of your business. And if you want your business to be your best friend, you really need to know your numbers. And, you know, and so for me, it's just, it's like, I, I, it's hard for me to get really like intimate with my numbers, you know? And so um, that's why I like, I like the per percentage process because I just, I know the percentages uh, you know, and I, it's like a game for me. I want to make sure that the percentages are always, you know, moving, you know, and, um, but I had, I couldn't do the QuickBooks thing. Our, we have, we run three businesses. My wife's got a coaching business and then we have rentals and then we have my bit, my business. And so we had to hire an accountant. She does our P and L's for us every month. Okay. Um, and so, uh, we're able to take a look at those numbers and say, okay, well, we don't have th that, you know, level of spending this month to to do this event or whatever. And we'll just have to carry that over and do another, a bigger event next month. Um, so it's good because, and then we also, um, 
you know, for a while there, we were doing a flat structure with our team. So it was just easier for numbers wise, less tracking, you know, this lead, that lead, where's this lead coming from? Everything's a different percentage. And, um, I follow, uh, a guy by the name of Jeff Cohn. He's with a different, uh, brokerage, but he's been doing this team concept and he's really like passionate about teams. And so I kind of wanted to follow that, uh, that model through with what, with my podcast, because I think there's a huge need for um, doing teams and doing it well and giving good information out there that people can act on. And um, I talk about that Mike McCallowitz book all the time, like profit first guys, you got it. I mean, even if you don't know anything about accounting, like you can do this yeah. and you, and you know, and if you just follow it, you can, you know, you adjust the percentages as you go along. You it's, it, it works without fail every single time. Yeah, you never have that euphoric feeling. Like I have a really good friend of mine who sells real estate and he he makes, I don't know, a lot of money selling real estate, probably 40% more than we do. And he saves 50% of his money in his tax account, which is what a lot of realtors do. Like I save 50%, but it's so overfunded that they take the money out and buy a car or do things with it. Then at the end of the day, they don't have the money. So yeah, you got to have a serious approach to it. Because if you overfund it and you know it's overfunded, then what's really the difference? Like you'll use that for something else. You know, your wife wants a Mercedes SUV, you buy it, and next you know you don't have that money anymore. So right, um, yeah, and it defeats the purpose of of having those accounts for a specific purpose. Because it's you know it, I, I kind of liken it to a um, a twenty first century today's version of like the Dave Ramsey envelope system, yeah. you know, <clears throat> but, but it gives you some, each, each envelope has a actual real value attached to it. And then, you know, and, and that's the problem is, you know, I think sometimes we get too conservative or, or go the other direction where it's like, Oh, well we need to continue to overfund our payroll account just, just in case we don't have money coming in. And it's like, well, you know, if you have a predictable business, which I think ultimately everybody in real estate wants to get to where it's a predictable, systematic business that you can, and what scares me a little bit is running it all the way down to like the, to the last little bit. Cause that's what Mike wants you to do. He's like, no, the percentage should be down dialed into the number. That way it's all the way down. And I'm like, Oh, it just gives me like a heart attack sometimes, you know, if you have a payroll. So, so I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can run my payroll account down to zero. I just could do it. Agents, wouldn't it be great to have the ultimate buyer's guide to hand out to your clients? Wouldn't it be great to have one resource that had all the answers to tell your buyers what not to do and what to do during the sales process? Wouldn't it be great to give a good, concise guide to your buyers on how to decide what their wants and needs are when looking for a home? Well, look no further. Real Estate Brain, seven hacks for buying like a pro, gives you all the resources on how to tell your buyers to be the most productive in the workplace. Tips on what not to do after going under contract, how to get financed, who your buyers should be reaching out to before they reach out to a realtor, overcoming fears and understanding their power as a buyer. Just go on amazon.com, search for Real Estate Brain and Prime members can get this book out within 48 hours. It's not as predictable. You know, payroll is, is becoming less important in real estate. I mean, it's still important, but it's becoming less important because we have so much technology now that can eliminate employees. That sounds horrible to say that. Like, I, 
I would not be a good politician for saying that, but right. Um, but it's you know we don't need as many people like we you know the fact the idea of having the system when you get to a certain level when the book was written you know you, you have high speed internet in your pocket right now so you could do more at traffic light you know or in the bathroom you know than you could before you know at the office almost so um, so I I would say that the employees are less important to us anyway the way we the way we run things so yeah I would definitely agree with that. Um... I'm also not a great manager of people. So, um, you know, my wife and I are both, you know, a little intense. So, you know, if you work for us, you got to perform at a pretty high level and, and we're, we don't take substandard people and manager levels. So. Yeah. We kind of got that with our business too. We, uh, we just got to a point where, you know, it's like we started upping our standards, you know, requirements of things that we need. I started having have a little more difficult conversations with, with agents, just, you know, it's like, you know, this is a job just like everything else. You know, you are a 1099 employee. I totally get that. And, um, but I have a team and my team is different than a brokerage. You know, a brokerage will allow you to be loosey goosey with your time and not, you know, calling back on stuff, but I run a team. My team is a team for a reason. We all work together to get to the common goal. That's why it's a team, you know, and um, we stepped up some of the things we're doing some of my agents that were, you know, not really seeing results are now starting to see results because I, you know, it's, you got to give structure to your, to your day. You got a time block, you know, all these fundamentals. And if you just implement it, the trust, trust the process you're going to get results if you just trust the process. So I don't know if you run into those issues with your folks, but. We have a process, which is a big key, right? Like a process. Most people don't have it. So what we've always done is, is, um, we sort of have our list of top 10 responsibilities. Everybody has it. So, um, you know, in order of importance, so this is my number one responsibility, my number two, my number three. And then we, we review it. Like, how are you doing? And responsibilities one through five. Maybe 10 doesn't get done great, but one through five has to get, has to get done. We have it for ourselves, too. You know, the great thing about being your own business is you get paid what you work, right? The horrible thing about being your own business is you get paid what you work, right? <laughs> so, um, so even the business owner should have that list of responsibilities. And if you're not doing, you know, one through ten in a good fashion, then maybe you shouldn't be there either, right? So that list of ten responsibilities in order of importance is always something I find my business fun. Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, we do a, a high-performance planner every day. I don't know if you've heard of Brendan Bouchard at all. I have, yeah. So my wife's a certified high performance coach with, with him and he has, he's got this high performance planner and it goes through like, you know, what are you going to do for yourself and what are you going to do for others today? And then it goes, and then it has like, what are your priorities today and what are your have to get dones today? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, we think that just because it's priority that it has to get done. It's like, no, it can be a priority, but you don't have to like, try to figure out how you're going to add another two hours to your day to get those things done. Just know that it's something that has to get done, that it's priority, you know, whatever that is, you know? Um, and then, you know, I, it's funny cause you, he, it's a, still a planner and I still have like my schedule in my phone, but yet I still have to like rewrite it out on the planner so that it's, it, cause when you, there's something about the physicality of writing out your day that triggers other things that you're like, Oh shoot, I forgot to put that down and this, that, and the other thing down. So I think it's, it's huge just to, you know, and the whole thing is about high performance and like 
being able to, you know, perform at a high level, regardless of the stressors that are going on in your life, regardless of the, these crazy things you got to do, you know, there's still ways to perform at a high level, which I think is really just how to, how to do the things you need to get done without having the stress dictate your, the way that it's the outcome. Yeah, it's not fires or even the distraction and forgetting about things. You know, it's if you're organized like you are, um, it's like if you if you're walking across a field, you just walking straight across, and because you're organized, you're just moving straight through ahead, right? And somebody that's not organized is almost like a puppy going across that field, darting left, darting right, going back, going forward. You know, they still get to the end of the field, but it's a lot more stress and a lot more territory. But somebody like yourself is organized, just moves straight ahead and it's successful. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, well, this has been fun. Is there any other parting words you'd like to give to our audience? Any like little nuggets, like something, some aha moments that you've gotten over the years that would somebody could really use to take away from today? Yeah, I would say this is such a great business. It is so profitable. It's such a great industry. You know, just maximize all your write-offs at the end of the day. Like it's not, it's not what you sell. It's not what you put into the machine. It's what you take out in the data accounts and totally judge yourself by that. And if you're not making money, figure it out. Not everyone wants in their own business, but it's great to be in your own business and be successful. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but make sure you're taking that money at the end of the day. Otherwise, you know, maybe you should hire somebody else or, or do something different. So. Awesome. Well, Spike, I appreciate your time today. If there's any way someone could repay you, send you a note, send you a referral, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, I'll just give you my cell phone number. It's uh, 240-818-5744. And, um, you know, just text me, give me a call. Always available to help. One of the greatest things about being with our brokerage at VXP is we've received so much help from people over the last probably four years. It's made just a tremendous impact on our business that we are totally there to help anybody else. Don't hesitate to give me a call or shoot me a text. Awesome. All right. Well, that's another episode of the Success Agent Podcast. We appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there with us and we'll catch you guys all on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Success Agent Podcast, hosted by J.P. Flewellen. To find more content, go to wyomingrealestatecareers.com. Please also go to Success Agent on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, and if you find the content valuable, please share this podcast and give it a five-star review. It helps us with our rankings. This has been another episode of the Success Agent Podcast.